The MarTech Podcast is a proud member of the I Hear Everything Podcast Network. Looking to launch or scale your podcast? I Hear Everything delivers podcast production, growth, and monetization solutions that transform your words into profit. Ready to give your brand a voice? Then visit IHearEverything.com. From advertising to software as a service to data, Across all of our programs and clients, we've seen a 55 to 65% open rate. Getting brands authentically integrated into content performs better than TV advertising. Typical lifespan of an article is about 24 to 36 hours. If we're reaching out to the right person with the right message and a clear call to action, then it's just a matter of timing. Welcome to the MarTech Podcast, a Ben J. Shap LLC production. In this podcast, you'll hear the stories of world-class marketers that use technology to drive business results and achieve career success. We'll unearth the real-world experiences of some of the brightest minds in the marketing and technology space so you can learn the tools, tips, and tricks they've learned along the way. Now here's the host of the MarTech Podcast, Benjamin Shapiro. Welcome to Programmatic Advertising Week on the MarTech Podcast. This week, we're going to talk about the tools and strategy behind maximizing your performance marketing efforts. Each day this week, we're going to publish an episode that walks you through how to best take advantage of programmatic advertising platforms. With us today is Brian Kroll, who is the Vice President of Strategic Accounts at AdTaxi. AdTaxi, a sponsor of the MarTech Podcast, is a client-centric organization that brings passion, precision, and sophistication to digital marketing. Leveraging the belief that people matter as much as technology, AdTaxi helps companies solve complex marketing challenges with custom performance-driven solutions. Okay, here's the first installment of Programmatic Advertising Week, where Brian and I discuss understanding the programmatic advertising landscape. Brian, welcome to the MarTech Podcast. Thanks, Ben. Thanks for having me. Excited to have you here as our guest on Programmatic Advertising Week. Also very appreciative to have AdTaxi as a sponsor of the MarTech Podcast. Thanks for doing the heavy lifting and helping us out and make sure that the show gets produced. You bet. And I apologize, Ben or Benji? Either been called worse, both. Uh, I just want to go on record as saying I'm not the Ben Shapiro. That's the political commentator. I'm the other guy. Okay. We'll just call you good Ben. Ben is fine. Let's talk a little bit about your background, about Ad Taxi, and we're going to get into the programmatic space. Uh, first and foremost, tell us a little bit about you and tell us a little bit about Ad Taxi. How did you get into understanding the programmatic advertising space so well? So for me, it actually started a little over 10 years ago. I don't know. I want to date myself to how old I am, but uh, 46. I just did it anyway. <laughs> I've been doing this since probably 2009, 10, somewhere in that range. So a solid 10 years now. I started working as uh, advertising sales, selling print media way back in the day. And then sort of transitioned into digital once I kind of realized, like, for me, the big aha moment was when I heard about, like, what behavioral targeting could do with display. Now you could target people based on their online behaviors and put that ad right in front of somebody that you used to have to try and guess where you would put an ad in the newspaper to try and reach, like, a certain person, right? Put it in the sports, whatever. So back in the day when that sort of hit me, I said, oh, wow, this is amazing. I want to learn how all this works. So I started digging in and reading a lot about the different patents that Yahoo and other people, sort of the pioneers of behavioral advertising, were filing about all of this. and tried to do my best to just become an expert in what's happening, you know, staying abreast of everything and then just ended up being able to craft solutions. And I've kind of got like a tech background too. So in addition to like the sales side and strategic account side, I also helped develop our optimization algorithm now called Quantum, originally called it Magellan. 
that happened back in like 2013. So it's been, uh, been fascinating to sort of watch like, you know, in the last 10 years, sort of like how the industry has evolved and seeing where it's going. So you've had a wide variety of experience watching from the agency side what was happening with print media, getting into the original display and have seen sort of the rise and evolution of more targeting capabilities. Talk to me a little bit about what you think programmatic advertising is. It's a little bit of a controversial term. Different people are calling different things programmatic. In your eyes, what do you consider to be programmatic advertising? In my eyes, I would say it's a catch-all for anything that is a mechanized buying of media. So similar to what you would have for like stock market or for anything else you say, I want to buy, you know, X amount of whatever that is, and I'm willing to pay the following for it. I want to target the following people, following geographies, following whatever that may be. And you basically set up a buy and then a machine executes that buy for you. So whether you're in the UI for Google ads, whether in the UI for Facebook, whether in the UI for any sort of trading desk, trading platform for, you know, our real-time bidding for display or native or audio or video or now connected TV, it's sort of all encompassing, but it's essentially it's using data to make decisions about the buys that you're making and how you iterate through those buys to optimize and enhance and get the best possible performance out of them. So you mentioned a couple different pieces there. First and foremost, that programmatic at its fundamental level is essentially automated media buying. And whether that's in display or performance marketing or AdWords, in theory, all of those are programmatic. When I think of programmatic sort of in a practical sense, I'm thinking more about display ads and video ads that are being served across premium content. You mentioned that there are ad networks or DSPs. Talk to me a little bit about how the display industry, what used to be the Yahoo's and AOL's of the world, and all of these sort of major web portals that are selling their advertising, how is programmatic impacting or has impacted that industry? So back in the day, when I first started, you had a lot of ad networks, you know, like the sort of real-time bidding, what was happening on the exchanges that was still kind of nascent. And then you still had a lot of ad networks. And it was, I think, still to a degree from the ad network side, an inefficient model, because you had multiple different people. When I worked at the newspaper, we had people calling us all the time saying, hey, I need to get 500,000 impressions targeting these types of people. Can you deliver all of these for me within two days? They're just trying to go in and you know, actual salespeople calling up to try and get like forecasting and inventory for you know newspaper websites and everything. Yeah. When I worked at eBay, we would place manual buys on specific days for specific dollars with an impression guarantee, but there wasn't a lot of sophisticated targeting. We didn't really know who we were going to buy. It was just buy stuff from Yahoo, buy from AOL, right? Do a roadblock over Christmas. Exactly. So you know, what started out from that perspective, the technology didn't really exist for people to really sink in on the individual user. And once that happened with the advent of targeting by pixels or cookies in people's browsers, think about like remarketing, for instance, right? So I've been to a website, I want to just find that person. You don't want to just find that person if they're on Yahoo, or you don't want to just find that person if they're on whatever site they're on, you want to find them wherever they are. So I think that the rise of that and the ability to bid based on those tags gave rise to the ability to bid based on third-party data markers. So people who have different data companies that are out there where they're aggregating data, let's say you're in market to buy a car, you spend a lot of time on multiple different vehicle websites researching, 
somebody puts a tag down and says, hey, Brian's now in market to buy this car, or this very specific model, other people can buy that and you can buy it across the whole ecosystem. I think it's drastically sort of changed and to a degree made, I don't want to say ad networks obsolete, but they shifted into more of like a supply side as opposed to a network that facilitated the buying and the serving and everything. So it ended up being a change from just sort of how the ecosystem worked, where you started seeing aggregation of demand and aggregation of supply into the exchanges. And people started using things like, well, you have like AppNexus was a big DSP at the beginning, and then they added their own SSP, they had supply side too. Trade Desk, which is our platform that we built all of our technology on. They were sort of like, a, we thought we held the forefront of flexibility of what you could do with decisioning. So talk to me about some of the acronyms that you're talking about. You mentioned that the ad networks have sort of become DSPs and SSPs, and there's a whole bunch of terminology around programmatic advertising that for a long time, honestly, until running this podcast, I found really, really confusing. To me, an ad network is a DSP, but what's a DSP? What's an SSP? What's an ad exchange? Tell me about some of the different terminology. So to break it down to its most simple terms, you have an auction happening. Modern day advertising now for all things programmatic is all based on some sort of a bid or an auction for a specific impression. And you have the demand side and you have the supply side. So the demand side would be advertisers or agencies who say, I want to reach this type of person and I want to buy this type of impression for this type of person based on a behavioral trait, based on a just straight geography trait, based on a time of day trait demographic trait, whatever that may be, whatever somebody is looking for, you have that demand. And on the other side, you have the supply. And so on the supply side, you have any and all basically like websites that are out there that have content that the people that you want to reach are reading. So it could be you're reading CNN.com or ESPN.com or any of your local newspaper websites, mercurynews.com, whatever that may be, right? So people are on those different websites and you could have had direct sold like back in the day, right? Where it's just like, okay, I just want to do a homepage takeover. And then everybody who comes through here is going to see this. Or you have now the mechanization of that saying like, I don't really want everybody. I want the people who are most likely in market to buy a car because I'm a car dealership in Burlingame. And I want to put an ad in front of them saying like, you know, hey, these are the specials that we have going on right now because pre-coronavirus at least. <laughs> yeah. Ironically, I am getting served tons of car ads I was in the market for a uh, SUV with three rows because we just had our second son. So we need a little bit more space when we're cruising around pre-coronavirus. And I'm still getting advertisements from Ford and from Volvo yeah. trying to sell their third row SUV. And maybe it's time to update some of the targeting and daytiming considering everything that's changing. To go back to the difference between DSPs and SSPs, when I think about the old like ad network model, right, you had publishers and buyers. And to me, it's like the DSP is the place that's aggregating all of the people that are buying the media. And that's the sort of auction mechanism. Correct. And the SSP is where anybody that has a website that is a publisher can come and essentially put their inventory up for sale. Am I thinking about it the right way? Absolutely. And there are some people who have skin in both sides of the game. Google is an example of that where, you know, on the display side, they do have their demand platforms, but then they also have a tremendous amount of supply through what they had through AdSense and basically like monetizing content. So there are some where they're both. So you mentioned Google, you've mentioned the trade desk before. Who are some of the other major players and how do you think about the landscapes of the DSPs and the SSPs, who's winning the programmatic game in terms of being a provider or being the auction house? I mean, most people typically would say that there's like 
the duopoly, which would be Google and Facebook. I think it's sort of like a triumvirate though now to go, you know, all whatever that terminology is. <laughs> Amazon is another huge player. So the biggest advantages people have would be access to demand, access to supply, the tools that help you determine success. Are you able to really track and say like, this is what I'm getting from it. So how do you accurately determine like a return on your investment and the first party data piece? I mean, Microsoft too, right? Apple probably on the outside of potentially some of that too. But those are the three big players would be Google, Facebook, and Amazon in terms of controlling the most data. They know the most about the people who are on their platforms. They have the bandwidth and technology to build cutting edge targeting mechanisms. So bidding models that you can deploy that sort of make this thing that we're doing a little bit easier, smart bidding, et cetera, optimizing for certain conversions versus others, and the mechanisms on the back end to know what's working and what's not through tracking technology. It's really interesting. I think of it a little differently where there's obviously the duopoly, the Facebook and the Google, and they have all the programmatic tools. I kind of think of them being their own separate things. I think of Facebook being paid social advertising, Google primarily being AdWords, and you know they have their display network as well. But right. most of Google is really about PPC. And then I think about the everyone else bucket, and that's where the trade desk, media math, you know, I think of programmatic being the ability to aggregate all of the other websites, and that covers the entire internet. It's like the Facebooks, the Googles, the everyone else bucket. And you're right, Apple has its own world, and Amazon covers a vast majority of e-commerce. When you're thinking about what I would call the programmatic bucket or the aggregation of everyone else Trade Desk, I've heard of Media Math, I heard that they're you know a DSP. Who are some of the other bigger players in that space that I would have called programmatic? Critio, you've probably heard of Critio from like a remarketing standpoint. AppNexus is a DSP as well. Simplify would be another one on the display side. There's a whole lot on the OTT side. There's a whole slew of native as well. There's Pinterest, but that's it's kind of a separate thing. Rocket Fuel, Outbrain, Taboola, Outbrand Google are more on like the native side. You have things like Brightroll, some like video type networks, TubeMogul, big video network, Sysmix, Turn is another one, Quantcast. So there's quite a few out there that are like really large. I think they've consolidated where it used to be like there were a lot of different DSPs out there. We've seen some consolidation and people have through mergers and acquisition picked up other companies or folded people in. But it's still a little bit of the fragmentation and wild, wild west out there to a degree. And I think that that's one of the reasons why we wanted to do programmatic advertising week is to try to really cut through some of the clutter between who the vendors are and really some of the ways that you, our listeners, can make sense of the fragmentation within the programmatic advertising. So we're going to continue this conversation with Brian through the rest of the week and talk about some of the things like how you can best take advantage of programmatic advertising campaigns, comparing programmatic advertising to paid social, evaluating the cross-channel impact of programmatic, and also the future of programmatic and how we think that the industry is going to grow. So that wraps up this episode of the MarTech Podcast. Thanks to Brian Kroll for joining us. If you'd like to hear more of Brian and Ad Taxi's story, we're going to publish an episode every day this week. So hit the subscribe button in your podcast app and check back with us tomorrow morning when Brian and I talk about using real-time bidding to optimize programmatic campaigns. If you can't wait until our next episode and you'd like to get in touch with Brian, you can find a link to his LinkedIn profile in our show notes. You can contact him on Twitter. His handle is rockinkroll, R-O-C-K-I-N-K-R-O-L-L. Or you could visit his company's website, which is adtaxi.com, A-D-T-A-X-I.com. 
Just one link in our show notes I'd like to tell you about. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while you were listening to this podcast, head over to martechpod.com where we have summaries of all of our episodes, contact information for our guests, you can subscribe to our once a week newsletter, you can even send us your topic suggestions or your marketing questions, which we'll answer live on our show. Of course, you can always reach out on social media. Our handle is martechpod, M-A-R-T-E-C-H-P-O-D, on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Or you can contact me directly. My handle is benjshap, B-E-N-J-S-H-A-P. And if you haven't subscribed yet and you want a daily stream of marketing and technology knowledge in your podcast feed, we're going to publish an episode every day this year. So hit that subscribe button in your podcast app, and we'll be back in your feed tomorrow morning. All right, that's it for today. But until next time, my advice is to just focus on keeping your customers happy. Thanks for listening to the MarTech Podcast, and I Hear Everything production. Looking to launch or scale a podcast like this one for your brand? Then visit IHearEverything.com.